really in debt. What can I do? How can I make my money last until next payday? How can I get a handle on how much I'm spending each month? What's the best way to pay for a new car? anybody actually make money on their savings these days? Is it a bad idea to take out a loan? I'm a first-time buyer. Where do I even begin? I find managing my finances really stressful. Smarter money. A smarter way to manage your finances. Hello and welcome to the Smarter Money podcast. We're here to talk about your finances and help you make decisions that are smarter for your money and smarter for you. I'm Sarah Steele from Better With Money. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about having financial conversations with your household and how we can teach the kids in our lives to become financial superheroes. As always, I'm joined by Nathan Wilde from Nudge. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Sarah. You all right? I'm really good. Looking forward to this one today. So we're talking about our household. Who are we really talking about? Oh, there's, there's so many different types of household out there, and I don't think there's like a one size fits all. So I suppose effectively it is basically everybody you live with or anybody you live with. It can be made up of friends, couples, uh, parents, grown up children, elderly parents or extended family. And of course, kids, um, you know, when we're talking about kids in our lives that may may well go outside of our household as well. So, you know, I'm talking about the nephews, nieces, godchildren and the kids don't necessarily need to live with you you to have an influence yeah completely agree with that so it's really anybody that we share our finances with isn't it people we might give pocket money to or get money from um but as a nation we're not really known we've spoken about this before haven't we about not really talking about money not having that openness so it can be really tricky whoever we live with can't it yeah, I think money is a topic that a lot of parents that speak about with children generally, and we don't like talking to other people about it an awful lot either. Um, a lot of us see it as sort of like, oh, it's not suitable for the children. You know, you mustn't talk to the children about money. It's almost like it's a, a 18 rated movie or something. You know, you mustn't mention it. It's like the taboo. Um, and the problem is this, that they're not learning about money at home. Then where else are they going to learn about their finances? Do you know what I mean? So they're never really going to get to grips with it. Yeah, I do remember I had uh, once I was quite young and I was in the in the kitchen with my mum and I said, Mum, how much does dad earn? And I got that absolute death stare as if to say, do not have that conversation again. So I totally understand what you, it is that taboo subject, isn't it? And when we, you know, we talk to children, only about four in 10 say that they have any financial education at school. Because they don't get it at home, they don't get it in school. And I think a lot of the reason for that is that they've just got so much to fit into the curriculum anyway, um, that when they're looking at, right, what are we teaching the kids today? That's almost the last thing on there. Um, And also, you know, I think we mentioned this in a previous podcast, a lot of the teachers don't feel comfortable speaking about it. So actually, where, where do the kids get their financial education from? Exactly. And then, of course, you couple that in the fact that loads of kids have been out of school an awful lot recently they haven't got time to add that in anyway and we talk about you know if you don't understand money this can then lead to financial stress and so if we haven't learned about it you know that's what we're kind of setting up we're creating those mistakes in future and so you know what what's the thing to do here Nathan what can we do Uh, I think uh, yeah just go back on that previous point I think we, uh, when I run master classes what I do is I always ask like a live poll question well generally and mm. it is who do you talk to about your money or your finances um, and most people say like no one basically thinking like well it's no one else's business or my parents but 
so rarely people mention their children. So rarely do people mention, oh, I speak to speak to my kids about finances. So I think it's about opening it up to conversation, isn't it? 100% get them involved. Yeah, it's definitely a societal thing. And if you think that, you know, so we're not teaching our kids about money at the moment, but the research shows that kids actually form their money habits for life from about the age of seven. Um, and I, you know, when I was thinking about that, I thought, what, what was I being taught at seven? You know, I don't really remember anything about money. I remember I had 10p to go down the shop and buy a few uh, sweets, but that was about it. Um, but do you, I mean, I don't know, you're a little bit younger than me, Nathan, but at school at the age of seven, I was learning about the Green Cross Code and Tufty um, and the stranger danger, you know, don't, don't walk down the road and talk to strangers. So, and it's almost as if, you know, we're happy to talk to our kids about these things, but when it comes to money, it's like, oh no, that's a complete taboo subject. <laughs> yeah. Talk about strangers or getting run over. Absolutely fine. Money. No, no chance. So Nathan, we're talking about family finances and why it's important for children to have that understanding of money. I just want to dig a little bit deeper into the fact that we form our money habits as young as age seven. You know, and other than having that 10p to go to the sweet shop that I remember, I don't really have many other thoughts about money at that age. You know, what, what's your take on it? Oh, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because as obviously we mentioned, it's sort of a subject that we don't want to discuss. But the truth on it is that sort of kids follow in their parents, guardians or carers' footsteps. So they will repeat the same mistakes. So, for example, if, if we don't talk to children about money, what's going to happen is, is when they grow older and potentially have children, they won't talk to their kids about money. And it's sort of like, where's the cutoff? Where do we change the behaviours in this? Yeah. And it isn't just parents, is it? Because it can be the grandparents, the godparents, the uncles, the aunts, you know, I know you're a, do- a doting uncle. And I think everybody has that part to play in, in talking about finances and not making it that, that taboo subject. So it's just thinking about how we can all get involved, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you say, you know, with that sort of thing, it's like with me, I'd love to be able to have that conversation with sort of my nieces and stuff like that and just start to really talk to them. And I do every now and again, but it's more of a case of um, the parents need to do it. It needs to be all the time. Do you know what I mean? The parents or guardians that, that live with them um, need to have like an influence on it. It needs to be like a two-pronged approach, you know what I mean? Um, not avoiding like money conversations with kids. Yeah, because it comes back to that point about financial stress and the impact that that can have on our physical, emotional and our mental health in adulthood. So if we start young and we form those good habits, then kids can really avoid those pitfalls in, in adulthood, which is, you know, what is so key. So how are we going to break this barrier? How can we overcome the taboo and, and talk about money? Uh, to be fair, I mean, think about how we were taught about money when we were young. I mean, are there any lessons about navigating what what many of what for many of us is a difficult difficult subject and topic to talk about? Um, and this is something that we really need to sort of like start working with the kids. To be honest, I think it's just one of those things. Um, it's it's looking at what mistakes were made when we were growing. You were asking about your dad's income, and you got a death stare. You know. Um, and it's a case of we, we need to just break this down and that you're not alone. I'm pretty confident. I mean, for me, I had no clue what was going on with like family finances. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's getting involved, starting the conversation with kids. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wasn't taught about money. 
I mean, I, I remember thinking, did I know how much things cost? And I really didn't. I mean, I do remember. So my mum used to have this list that she kept in the drawer. And I, you know, it was sort of the famous list that she used to get out. It had one of those big bulldog clips on. <laughs> and then every time she paid a bill, she would she would cross it out because my dad was paid um, weekly. But, you know, I think, you know, do I know how much he earned? No, I didn't. Did I know whether we had enough money to do stuff? No, I didn't. And it was only really when I got my first job, which was age 15, I was a, a local usherette in the theatre, um, where I actually started getting money for myself and really thinking about how much things cost. You know, it was the first time I wasn't going to my parents and saying, can I have five pounds for this? Or can I have 10 pounds for that? So I think, you know, the learning for me is actually to talk to my kids about it and actually to be really open with them about how much electricity is costing or how much broadband is costing. You know, every time they moan about the Wi-Fi not working, thinking, well, actually, I'm going to chat to you about, you know, how much this costs. I don't know, what, what, what are your memories from when you were young? Oh, as far as as far as it's quite an interesting one. So as far as financial education was involved, the only thing that I really can ever remember properly when I was like really young was mm. every time we went to the shops, we were given a pound coin. Um, and you're really unlucky if you ended up with two fifty p's. But I remember it was sort of like it was just a pound, a pound coin. We went to the shop, and you you could decide what you spent it on. You could like spend it all on one thing, or you could buy sweets, or you could buy just random bits of arts and crafts and stuff like that. But actually this was this was like our form of income but the problem with it was is it wasn't a regular there was no routine there was no rhyme or reason to it I think it was just a oh this will stop masking me for stuff spend your pound how you want and that that was pretty much it um so did you just keep asking to go to the shops yeah so every <laughs> time I would have done yeah my mum was like we're going to the shop I was like oh I'll come mummy you know and it was my brother was like no I'm going and it was because we both wanted the quid both wanted a pound coin and that's the way it worked. Um, and it's just one of those things that actually it was never really until, oh yeah, my nan, that's what happened. So my nan used to come round and if we had like a pound or we're going to the shop, for example, or as I got a little bit older, I was going downtown to meet my friends and my mum would be like, no, that's it. You've got, you've got five pounds. You can grab yourself something to eat. Don't have rubbish, you know, and just get a few bits and bobs. And I'd be like, oh, a fiver, you know, but if my nan was there, she'd be like, oh, come here, Bab, here's another fiver. (laughs) It was just like, it was was great when Nan was around. I appreciated it then. Do you know what I mean? But it didn't do me any favours. It is a really good point, actually. And I can, I see that in my own family that actually, you know, as well as grandparents, godparents and, and the extended family actually being there to set good examples, they're also at the risk, aren't they, of undermining all of the parents' efforts to to teach about value and budgeting. I mean, I have it in our house. So my son's 11 and he's forever wanting these things called Pokemon cards. They cost a fortune. He does nothing with them. He likes it when he opens the pack um, and that's it. So, you know, and I always say to him, this is how much money you've got. And then at the end of the week, he'll produce like 10 new cards. Like, where did you get those from? Oh, well, uh, yeah, when when Nana picked me up from school, I asked her and she bought me some. And then I asked Nana and you think, oh, how are they ever going to understand that they can't just have whatever they want when actually there's people around them spoiling? But um, yeah, 
you know, is, is that just a grandparent's treat or, or should we be having more conversations with our extended family about how to treat our kids and money? Yeah, because I suppose to your kids, when you're, when you're young and your, your grandparents do that or uncles and aunts or whatever, whoever it might be, it could be anybody that's sabotaging or undermining your, you're teaching your kids about financial responsibility. To, to them, you know, they're the superhero. They're an absolute saviour, knights in shining armour, whereas to you, they're sort of like the baddie in these in these comic books, you know what I mean? They're just unravelling all your hard work. Exactly. They're just impeding the superpowers of everything that we're, we're trying to do. And actually, that brings us on to a really important topic about pocket money, because mm. for most children, it's the first time they get hands on money and actually have some autonomy over how they use it. Um, and I think it can be a really invaluable way to teach financial awareness and, and that budgeting point. Yeah, I think there's, there's an interesting stat around that. So um, the average of the U- in the UK is a child gets £7 per week. Mm. Um, that works, I think it's £3 for four-year-olds and it works its way right up to £10 to 14-year-olds. Um, yeah, this is, and that's a great sort of like average, that's a great sort of benchmark that can be worked off. And I think it's really important to have that that regular income not just my one pound every time I went to the shops, you know, or your 10 pence to go and grab a pick and mix. I think it's more of a case of if you've got that regular income, that really starts then to build a bit of responsibility. How am I going to spend this? If I want something more expensive, we've got to save. I really agree with that. But I am right now feeling a little mean because my 11-year-old only gets five pounds a week. But um, <laughs> I know, let's hope he doesn't listen to this. He'll soon be negotiating with me, won't he? But um, it's interesting because I did decide when um, I had kids to try and do something a little bit more than the, the financial education I'd got from my parents. So what I've done with all of them, I mean, my son's number four, is that when they get to 11 and when they're allowed their own bank account, I have started to give them five pounds a week. Now with um, my, my son, we actually opened one of these Go Henry apps, um, the, ba- the bank accounts where they can have their own bank card. It can, uh, They can have the picture on it and they can have an app which shows them how much they're spending and all the rest of it. And the great thing about it is that we've been able to set some tasks for him. Like he's got to empty the dishwasher. He's got to dry up a couple of times a week. Um, and if he doesn't, then he doesn't necessarily get his uh, allowance, which has been really good. But what it has done, you know, I mean, and, and Go Henry is not the only app. There's lots of uh, really great tools out there. But it was really interesting. So the first week he had his five pounds, I said to him, you can take your your card to school. Uh, My husband thought I was mad. He's like, he's going to lose that in two minutes. And it's like, well, you know, if we give him the responsibility, we'll find out. And he came home on the first day and he's like, I've just spent £2.50 on an ice cream. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. That's good. Because unfortunately, the really expensive ice cream vans outside the school but I said, right, so you get five pounds for the week. You've just spent two pound fifty on the first day. So what other day are you going to have an ice cream? And then suddenly you could see it dawn on him that, oh, I've actually spent most of my money and I've got the rest of the week to go. But I thought it was brilliant because in the next day he said to me, right, I've decided I'm only going to take my card to school on a Monday, a Wednesday and a Friday. And I thought, oh, well, actually, you know, he's already thought about it. So that's that's a first step, isn't it? I, yeah, guess. That, I think that's a result. You can call that a result. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. So you spent your money. What are you going to do now? I remember that feeling so well. 
Yeah. Well, I guess at the other end of the scale, we've we've had um, some arguments recently because one of my kids is at university and she's on a placement year. And uh, I said, right, we're going to charge her. And actually, the conversations me and my husband had about how much are we actually going to take from her to live at home when theoretically she's still a student? Um, and I'm still convinced, although we, you know, we've got her to pay a reasonable sum, it's probably still not enough. I don't know. Did you did you have any experience when you were younger of sort of giving your, your mum money for housekeeping or anything like that? Yeah, I did. So my, my first, I'd say, like I said, proper job. It wasn't really a proper job, but I got a paper round when I was about 13. Um, and I used to be have to be at the news agency until quarters, quarters to 6 a.m., just to make that really clear, so before school. And I used to do the paper round, and I'd probably come away with, I don't know, like 15, 20 pounds, depending on how big the round was. And I remember walking back home with my money and walked into the house, and my mum was just like, right, okay. Mum was friends with the shopkeeper. She knew I'd picked up like 20 quid, let's say. Um, and she she was just like five pounds, five pounds, please. You know, this will pay for, you know, a contribution towards food and a contribution to keeping a house, uh, like a roof over your head. And it was it was. Yeah, I, I think I felt betrayed at the time. Um, I was going to say, how did you feel? Were you a bit resentful at the time? Well, come on, I was 13 as well. So it was just like, you're, you're going to do what now? Do you know how, how heavy those paper bags are and all this sort of stuff? So, it, you know, I was a proper drama queen and but my whole world had ended. But it wasn't going to change the fact that I was expected to pay some of the key. And I don't think it was until I got my first, I say, proper job. It was working for a pizza chain when I was still at college. And the ruling was at that point that a third of my take home um, would go to my parents, you know, for, for keeping food. I think your parents are very sensible people, but I wonder at what age you were that you actually look back and went, oh, actually, that was a good thing that they did for me, rather than <laughs> how dare they take some of my money for it. I think food. just now, as you've just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It happens eventually. Yeah. So what do you reckon, what do you wish you'd learned about money when you were younger that might have helped you now? I'll be honest, I wish I was taught anything about money when mm. I was younger. I mean, it was such... I mean, the biggest and hardest lesson for me was living within my means when I got my first lot of money. So it's sort of like, oh, what do I want? Do I want a new jacket, new trainers? I'm feeling flush. I'll blow it all in one go, in one shopping trip. Um, and it's, yeah, the, the truth is it's really difficult for schools to teach kids about money. It just is because people come from so many different backgrounds and social classes. It's just, it's just a, a minefield. You can't, because you know what I mean? It's sort of like telling one child that, you know, five quid, one pound. Like you say, you give a different amount of pocket money, depending on what you feel comfortable that your 11-year-old son is able to cope with compared to what somebody else would give theirs. Um, And depending on what their interests are and stuff like that. So it's really difficult. So I wish that I was just taught that actually this money only comes in once a month or once a fortnight, I think it was at the time. Um, And so actually to make it last, because I was just like, oh, I'm flush. I'll go and treat myself, pretend like it's my birthday all over again, and then regret it immediately afterwards. Proper buyer's remorse. Yeah, totally get that. That's <laughs> what, about what, what, what about you? Yeah, I, I, I think I wish I'd been encouraged to save or to understand what saving was, um, mm. because I really didn't start doing that until I was 30. And I, I would have loved to have started earlier. You know, and I think the reason for that is that I well, I wasn't taught about money in my teens. And then I went to uni and had debt. So I spent most of my 20s actually paying off debt. And so by the time I was 30 and suddenly did have, you know, maybe I wasn't spending as much as I earned, 
and I had to learn about it at that stage. And but there is nothing better now, I don't think, than saying, right, you know, I I want to go on that holiday or I want to go to that place. And thinking, do you know what? I'm going to save a bit of money each month into one of my pots in my bank. And then actually getting the euphoria when you get there and go, right, I've got the money. It's not having to come out of this month's pay packet. I've already saved for it. Um, and I really wish that I'd done that, you know, and, and a bit like maybe, you know, your mum, if, if she'd then saved a bit of it or encouraged you to save some of your money as well as giving it to her for housekeeping, maybe that would have instilled that money habit in our life. So, um, yes, yeah, so I think saving is, is the thing that I wish I'd learned more about earlier on. So we've been talking about family finances and how to get everybody involved in that conversation. So Nathan, have you got any other top tips? Oh, to be fair, so there are so many ways. So we've got plenty of articles on Nudge about this and there's loads of like little nudge nuggets, I like to call them, on those articles. So things such as, you know, first and foremost, as a parent or guardian, auntie, uncle, grandparent, whoever you are, it's imperative that we set like really good examples when it comes to managing finances. Um, and when we're talking about things, there's one on there about savings and budgets as well. So we'd mentioned pocket money on here. And that's often a child's first taste of any kind of financial independence and responsibility and how they're going to manage that best. So, you know, making sure they have that regular income. You know, you mentioned about using an app for, for your son, you know, actually rewarding them for, you know, hard work often comes with a wage or money. This is all setting great examples um, and sort of getting to grips and understanding the differences between good debt and bad debt or priority bills and non-priority bills. So one that I did with um, a client, we did it to all the uh, all the employees' kids, and it was absolutely brilliant. It was so funny. So what we did is we gave them red cards and green cards, and the red cards were absolute must. This is a priority. And the green was sort of like, nah, we can live with it or without it, to be fair. And it's quite intriguing, and it's quite good fun. So try this at home. It, it's genuinely such a laugh. And you literally, it's quite intriguing how many kids think that xbox subscription is so much more important than paying for the mortgage and it's <laughs> it's yep, that's our household <laughs> does it sound familiar does it sarah <laughs> yeah. totally. you know what? i'm gonna do that we Give haven't got a lot on this weekend so yeah sit down yeah. at the dinner table with our green and our red cards i love that's that it <laughs> and remember points mean prizes and try and encourage them to get it right um and you know there's loads of apps out there to make spending and saving fun too i mean you mentioned that you use go henry and there's, there's tons out there. I mean, I which I use something very, very similar with my nieces. Um, it's more of a behaviour thing, I think, with one of my nieces than it is teach them about money at the moment, sadly. But certainly for the older one, um, it, she's actually getting to grips with it. And she puts a small percentage across into her savings. And she's called it my movie and popcorn night with my friends. Um, it's, it's very sweet, but it's all really good top tips. But there's loads on the platform. That is really lovely. Yeah, I, I love those ideas. And actually, during um, lockdown, I came across a really nice little app called Money Ready, which is a, a teaching 
facility for kids of all ages, you know, whether they're key stage one, two or three at school. So that's, you know, from seven up to 18. And that was just quizzes and little games about financial education, you know, about how um, money grows if you put it into a savings account. And it was asking uh, my son, you know, how much different things cost, like from a pint of milk to a loaf of bread. And he learned loads out of that. And it, you know, to be fair, it kept them entertained and they were sort of competing. My kids were competing against each other as to who could get the highest in the quizzes. So that was really good. And, you know, but don't forget for anyone listening, there is a tool that's called Thinkably on Partner Choices well on the, on the website and that's articles that helps you to think about how you can speak to kids about money in, in a way that they'll understand I mean you mentioned the nudge ones as well Nathan I love those I find them so easy to read and they're only two or three minutes long and you can always get a little nugget of information from those so it's great yeah I think I think personally I think like the most important way to make sure that the whole household is involved in the finances is make sure that you make decisions together, get involved with the budget together. So if you you sort of create a budget and go, right then folks, we're all sticking to this. There's likely to be some temper tantrums, some turbulence. You know, it's going to be, no one likes being told what they can and can't have. The word no just doesn't compute, especially when you're a child. Um, Well, it certainly didn't with for me for a long time, you know, and I think just get them involved. You'll get their buy-in if they're part of creating it together. And I think introduce kids into the day-to-day money, running of money and ma- money management. So whether it's be shopping, right, we've got five pounds, here's a little basket, you've got to go and get the salad for the house for the week, but we've only got the five pounds. So keep them occupied when you're out shopping. We've mentioned the pocket money and just come up with really fun ways of doing it. And I think as well with sort of like goal setting, sort of like it's it's fine that we do all this sort of stuff, but really to really set that uh the, the will the drive to make something happen is have a goal that everybody wants to achieve whether it be a nice holiday or a day out um and this is really really important and of course there's an area and partner choice that can help um and like new offers come available all the time you can get discounts it's better than it being someone else's right i mean i hope you agree but yeah, you know absolutely. Just, it all. Yeah. i love that idea you know particularly as we haven't been allowed out for so long you know sort of saying oh actually you know as a group of people whoever that group is whether it's with your friends or whether it's with your kids we're all going to have a day out at Thorpe Park but in order to do that we all need to do our bit and we all need to save a little bit and you know you could kind of do that group goal couldn't you um you know and I think that's a good point because it's also about making the most of those discounts around um and there's loads on part of choice to look at you know for example there's free child places for traveling there's hotels where you can get cheap prices um, and those attraction and theme park discounts as well and I think what would be really important is to sort of say do you know what if as a family we would normally be going to Thorpe Park it would cost x but actually through work you know and the reason I work we get partner choice and actually it's not going to cost that it's going to cost this discounted amount um, and talk to your kids about you know why you're getting things more cheaply you know why you work that I mean that's something that often comes up you know what why why do you need to go to work mummy or why do you need to go to work daddy well it's because you know we're saving or we're, we're, we're paying for this and I think that all helps create that conversation around partner um around money and and what what you do with it on a day-to-day basis And just to remind you, you know, if you want to talk about your finances, then you can feel free to reach out to the health and wellbeing line. The number is 0330-1234-144. And it's available to all partners. And remember that it's never too early to talk to your household about money. 
and having everybody understand the value of money can help with family finances overall. So set your family financial goals because it's so important to have something to look forward to. You know, we've gone through an awful lot together. We need something to strive to achieve. And I think that's really, really important. And if you do it together and you've got everyone involved, it's far more likely that you're all going to work together in order to achieve it. Money doesn't have to be dark, daunting or difficult. It's about making learning about money a lot more fun. 